A reading from Khalil Gibran. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make, to make them like you, for life goes not backward nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. From Romans 12. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all have the same function, so in Christ we, though are many, form one body, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is to serve, serve. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Thank you, Samuel. Bit of a family affair today, which is uh, great. Just uh, move this again. Well, obviously, it's amazing, you know, to baptise your own daughter. I mean, what a thrill uh, uh, that is. And, um, and Jessica is amazing. You know, she's always had great sensitivity about her spiritual life. Uh, and recently, she's been having a wonderful time at the Idrahaji camp, and she went with a, a GIG group, which she's a member of. But most of all, you know, her sensitivity to others. You know, as our dad, I shouldn't really be saying this, but uh, I'm going to anyway. Um, Jessica has chosen all the songs today, and uh, the streets of London is really, you know, what she's about, and I was really pleased to have that. And interesting, baptism's an interesting thing. I don't know how, how it necessarily works here, but in, especially in the UK... In fact, more and more people who go to church are not baptizing their children. Um, someone said to me, what Matt said to me, you know, how come Jessica wasn't baptized? And so what they do is they, they put off baptizing their children to later on so the children, you know, can make uh, the choices themselves. We had a naming ceremony and a thanksgiving for both our children. And the people who don't go to church 
tend to come along and say to the, the, the priest, I'd like my child done, please. <laughs> Which means they want them baptised. And it's normally, you know, because the grandparents want their children baptised. And so it's a slightly uh, different thing. Samuel's baptised in the UK and, uh, and Jessica now. And I love that reading that Debbie read from Khalil Gobran. The idea that your children are not your children. They are life's longing for itself. And it gives us, I think, a real sense of responsibility, the responsibility we have in the process of creation, in handing on and allowing the next generation to do for themselves what they want to do. So much of our lives are spent looking at, you know, what's me, you know, what what am I going to get for me and mine? And really, you know, in this sort of case, what we're doing, you know, it almost comes a a relief to realize that in this case, with children, the emphasis needs to be on them. Not giving them your thoughts, you know, tempting though it is, uh, and striving to be like them, but not seeking to make them like you. It's not easy that either, you know, you, you, want, you have certain ideas as to how you want your children to be. And really, you know, in a sense in baptism, you're letting them go. You're saying, you know, let God guide them. You know, let that spirit guide them in their lives. So we send them off and let them go. And, you know, they have a trajectory of their own. Someone like Jessica is choosing to join in with that spiritual journey. Really, that's, you know, and that's all I could really hope for, you know, that she wants to do that. I remember when I got ordained, you know, as a priest, I sent a little card to my godmother saying, job done, tick. (laughs) You've taken this as far as you can now. And really, in a sense, you know, Jessica is taking it on for herself uh, today. You know, she's... uh, you know, asking what's right for the moment in the moment itself. Um, And she's doing that. Now, what I've forgotten to do is if you are very bored with what I'm saying at the moment, most of you children, uh, if you'd like to go with Elaine at the back and actually not have me speaking, then you can go and do children's activities at the back now. we've Do you want to go and do some children's activities at the back if you'd like to do that? Elaine, there we are. She's just at the back. She's got these fun things to do. And you don't have to hear me droning on about, uh, about life and everything like that. Sorry, Elaine. So Jessica is really taking her own personal relationship with God now. And that's something I think that we should all aspire to. You know, the question is, how much do you take responsibility for that? It's been about Jessica today, but how much do you take responsibility for that? The temptation is to, is to do what we call in England, to dog along. Do you have that expression here? Dogging along really means just going through the motions in the hope that, you know, what we do is enough. But often it's not. You know, often, you know, we're stuck in the past and not fresh in that relationship with God. You know, that needs to be that freshness. Even those of us with a regular practice, I think, need a wake-up call. You know, do we, when we come down in the mornings for whatever we do, do we continue to have a beginner's mind? Or are we so far down the road that we, we wear our spiritual life like an old jacket, comfortable and familiar? A baptism, I think, is the opportunity to revisit where we are, to revisit where we're at, to ask ourselves if we can answer those questions that I put to Jessica. You know, do you join us, the Fellowship of the Aspen Chapel, in our mission to bring light, the light of wisdom to the world? Are you willing to devote your life 
heavy thing that. Are you willing to devote your life to the service of the will and purposes of God? And will you join us as we seek to make a contribution to the world? You know, they're quite big questions. And they have an impact when we answer them on the way that we live. To commit to bringing the light of wisdom to the world, to devote ourselves to the will and purposes of God, and to make our contribution to the world. That reading that Samuel read from Romans 12, I think really puts it in perspective what it's about. It talks about living sacrifices. Now, when we say the word sacrifice, we immediately think of hardship. We immediately think of giving up, you know, something we give up because we have to do it. But in this case, it's not so. Sacrifice, the word comes from the two Latin words, sari and ficio. And that means, sacri means holy, and ficio means made. So really, sacrifice actually means, in the root way, to be made holy. That's what the nature of sacrifice is. It's to be made holy. And it's a commitment to make ourselves holy. Which, believe it or not, the word holy comes from the Dutch word halik, which means whole. It means whole. So the actual word holy comes from the word whole. Let our lives, what this really means, the Roman 12 sings, let our lives be about making ourselves whole. Now there's no sacrifice in the old-fashioned sense of the word. That You're not giving anything up. You're actually committing to receive more by doing that. And how do you do that? How do you make yourself whole? Well, it says in the passage there, by not conforming to the pattern of this world, by transforming our minds. That word metanoia means to transform your minds, which means, you know, as Richard Rohr would say, giving up stinking thinking. Most of us are involved in stinking thinking most of our lives. You know, what's he doing there? What's she doing there? What are they doing there? What are, I'm going to get you. Yeah, all that stuff that goes on in our mind. It's giving that up. And realizing the wholeness of life. And to do that, you know, that's what meditation's about. That's all that stuff. It's getting out of the world mind and putting on a new, different, transforming our minds. And only then can you see the wood for the trees. It's so relevant these days. You know, when there's so much attacking going on. We're all one community. Only when you see it from that perspective can you see the wood for the trees and can you recognize God's good and perfect will. It's not to fight each other. It is to be one community. And that's all we need to make us whole, collectively and individually, to be able to see the world, you know, in the way that that divine aspect within us wants to see it, to do what that divine aspect wants us to do in our lives, to take on a spiritual path, to recognize that there is help, you know, in having your life become more satisfying. And that help is often the missing part of our lives. We try and work it out ourselves. You know, well, they're just trying to work it out. There's no sense of going to somewhere deeper. We struggle on trying to do the best we can with the tools that we're given. But we can only think of so much. The horizons of our mind are limited by what we can imagine. I guess for everyone, the horizons are limited by what they can imagine. To recognize that there is more than just this material world is to tap into a whole new world of help and assistance. A sort of direct technical support line 
related to the operating system of your life. And when you're open to that, you include the possibility that you will be guided and that your life will be part of something bigger. And that means to become whole, to become holy. You know, it's not about believing in God. It's about recognizing that we are all part of a hugely bigger whole, the cosmos. And just as we are conscious, so the whole cosmos is conscious. And we are part of that. Now, if that sounds all a bit far-fetched, this is what NBC put out this week in their piece, Is the Universe Conscious? You can find this on the web. It says, NBC, this is what they say. For centuries, modern science has been shrinking the gap between humans and the rest of the universe. From Isaac Newton showing that one set of laws applies equally to falling apples and orbiting moons, uh, to Carl Sagan intoning that we are made of star stuff, that atoms in our bodies were literally forged in the nuclear furnaces of other stars. He goes on quoting Christoph Koch, the only dominant theory we have of consciousness, the only dominant theory we have of consciousness, says that it is associated with complexity. Consciousness is associated with complexity, with a system's ability to act upon its own state and determine its own fate. With a system's ability to act on its own state and determine its own fate. The theory states that it could go down to very simple systems. In principle, some purely physical systems that are not biological or organic in any way may also be conscious. So that's quite interesting, that we are part of a huge consciousness. Everything is conscious. Consciousness includes everything, and therefore we are part of a vast consciousness. I think sometimes we call that consciousness God. So in making ourselves holy, we are really just acknowledging our part in that greater consciousness and saying, I am part of you. Come into me, that greater consciousness, and help me relate to the other conscious parts in a more relevant and meaningful way. And that that reading that Samuel read goes further. It says, just as each of us has one body with many members, arms, legs, all that sort of business, and these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, or the Tower, whatever you like to call it, we, though many, form one body, each member belonging to all the others. Now that sort of says that we are all part of one consciousness. We form one body. So in that consciousness, though many, we form one body, the wholeness of the cosmos, and we're all a part of each other. You know, it's all there if you look for it. People try and make distinctions and say, you know, that there are Eastern religions and there is Christianity. But in reality, Christianity is just as much an Eastern religion. At the heart of it is the concept that we are all one and all the body of Christ. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, according to who we are in that greater consciousness. We all of us have a part to play. What happened today is that Jessica has said that she recognizes herself as a part of a greater whole. And she's willing to give herself to playing that part, whatever it is. And the great thing is that she doesn't have to work it out for herself. She doesn't have to work it out. By being open to being guided, linking into that technical support line, 
you don't need to think it through. You know, even you know, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. You just have to watch and see what needs to happen. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Now, that's just to me. He looks out there, and in being guided by the Spirit, he's able just to recognize what the right thing to do is. In the Tao Te Ching, you know, do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till right action arises by itself? Most of us don't. That is the waiting bit. That's him. Jesus, I only do what I see the Father doing. It's waiting. We have to have the patience to wait. But we don't. We want it now. We want it sorted now. You know, it says wait. You know, but for how long? You know, we want it as soon as we can have it. How long? Until the mud settles. Yes, but for how long? An hour? A day? A week? A year? Ten years? Well, maybe. But certainly, till right action arises by itself. That is the key thing. Life is about being present. And being present is simply about waiting in that moment. And even if it takes ten years, then to do what is right action is surely worth the wait. I mean, that's what we want in life, to do what's right. And if it takes 10 years to wait, it's all about being willing to bear with life rather than just to get it over with. And you can see that really that getting it over with is just a death wish. I want to get it over. I, I don't want to have to wait. You know, let me do something, anything. It's actually a death wish. To really live is to live in connection with the whole and to feel the movement of the planets in our hearts then we're fully connected. And if you don't think you're connected in that way, ask yourself these questions. Do you join us, the Fellowship of the Aspen Chapel, in our mission to bring the light of wisdom to the world? Are you willing to devote your life to the service and will and purposes of God? And will you join us as we seek to make a contribution to the world? And it doesn't have to be the Aspen Chapel. Baptism is about a commitment to the greater whole. It's about commitment to a church, and in baptizing, as it says here, you know, we're doing the Aspen Chapel, you know, just as a member of the Aspen Chapel. But actually, it really means, do you join us, the fellowship of all consciousness, in our mission to bring the light of wisdom, to devote your life to the will of purposes, and to seek to make our contribution to the world? That's the big game. That's the big game for all of us. Not to get a Porsche. Not to get a house on Red Mountain. But can I play a part in the evolution of consciousness? Jessica's deciding to do that today. Thank you. How about you? I've finished. You'll be relieved to hear. Let's just pray. Lord, we do pray for Jessica as she embarks on, on this part of her life continues on this journey, having made that commitment today. We pray for all of us around her, that we'll be able to support her and that she'll be able to grow and in maturity and love and just to find her way in the world. And we do pray for that world today. We particularly pray for those suffering in Mexico, for the earthquake, 
Pray for those in Texas and Florida and across the whole Caribbean. Pray for our world, particularly for North Korea. Pray for Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, all those around them, that some of that peace and sense of your love, Lord, may be within their hearts and understanding of that greater consciousness. We just hold that whole situation in our hearts. Pray for those that we know recovering, particularly Anne Bayard, recovering from a serious operation. Pray for Sharon Wells, Elise Strickland, and Lynn Lee, Joan Valentine, Lee Bouguet, who's not well at the moment, Soleil, Tegan Sullivan, who's having an operation this week, Barbara Orcutt, Molly McCarthy Coman, Pat Smith, Will Welsh, and Patricia Hill. Lord, we pray your healing power in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.